0: Yemeni-based Houthi rebels fire missiles at Israel, and the Israeli Defense Force braces for an attack from the Lebanon by Hezbollah forces. I'm Simon Constable. This is Constable Confidential, and we're joined today by Amir Tahari from Paris. Uh, He is an author, writer, chairman of the Gatestone Institute in Europe, and a commentator on the Middle East and on terrorism. Thank you very much for joining us, sir. Thank you, Rob. Let's start with something quite simple. You're, we've had the Houthi rebels firing missiles at Israel. They seem to have been shot down by the Israeli Defense Force. What is your view on what this means for a wider war? Well, I think it is a
1: symbolic move to, uh, as we say in French, to uh, furnish uh, or cover uh, the lacuna, because the Islamic Republic has, in Iran has been Helping the Houthis with lots of money, lots of arms, and so on, and the, the Houthis have to do something, you know, to, to think that the the struggle that is happening in Gaza now is between the resistance front. That means uh, the Islamic Republic in Iran, with the Houthis in Yemen, Hezbollah, Hamas, Islamic Jihad, uh, other terrorist groups, and so on, and not only Hamas. And if you read the, uh, the Islamic media in Tehran, they, they always say the war that is now going on between the resistance front and Israel, not only Hamas. So uh, the Houthis uh, have to do something, but it is symbolic because it's militarily uh, meaningless. They, they can't do anything, but you know, they have to justify their existence and the money that Iran uh, has given them, the arms that Iran has given. As for Hezbollah, um, they have been also doing some gesticulations. The Tehran media is full of reports that Hezbollah is already fighting you know, on behalf of the resistance movement, but wait for Friday when the leader of Hezbollah, Nasrullah, is going to make a big speech on television and say what he is going to do. And this is happening on the eve of the anniversary of the seizure of the American embassy in Tehran, but, uh, by uh, Pro Khomeini students so you know they want to meet, uh, sort of link all what is happening in gaza to the islamic uh, revolution to anti-american um, activities of the students and so on and uh, in my opinion this is because uh, the leadership in tehran they don't know what to do they want to take credit if uh, things turn out well for hamas and so on but at the same time they are scared of getting involved in a bigger
0: fight and let's let's go back to the Hezbollah situation Hezbollah is a Iranian backed organization it basically runs Lebanon and my understanding is they have 150,000 missiles ready to be fired in the direction of Israel. That sounds like an awful lot of missiles to to be shot if they were all shot at once. What is Israel going to do if that happens? Well, I don't
1: know what Israel will do, but uh, surely Israel will defend itself. As for those 150,000 missiles, uh, there are a variety of things. There are Katyushas in them. There are uh, mid-range missiles. missiles, long-range missiles. And I don't know how many of them Hezbollah can actually use. So there is a lot of bluff in that, too. At the same time, my feeling is that uh, the Lebanese uh, as a whole, they don't want to get involved in this uh, war. So if Hezbollah is pushed uh, into attacking Israel or joining the war uh, in an active way, it would be under Iranian pressure not other uh, Hezbollah, because Hezbollah has become a big business empire now. You know, the the Shiites were very poor in southern Lebanon, and I used to see them in the 1970s and so on. Now they have become wealthy, you know, they have nice houses, they have businesses, and so on, and they don't want to risk all of that. But at the same time, you know, if Tehran tells them they have to do it, then uh, Hezbollah will uh, have to choose between... Maintaining his position within Lebanon or subservience to Tehran—it's a very hard choice. But uh, Friday will, in my opinion, I, I'm not a prophet, although I'm uh, from the Middle East. But uh, my uh, uh, my guess is that uh, Hezbollah will try to equivocate it—you know—to try to pretend yeah. that they are involved in this war, but not really. Uh, give the Israelis an excuse to uh, fully attack
0: Lebanon. Can you talk about what you think the risks of a wider devastating war is across the region? That's something that I know a lot of people are are talking about. We've not seen much evidence of that yet in terms of a a major conflict.
1: Uh, I don't see a major conflict because uh, who is interested in in doing that? The Iranian regime is shaky, uh, facing uh, Increasing opposition inside Iran itself and inside the, the ruling elite um, militarily, the Islamic Republic could, uh, uh, how shall I say, uh, could do some limited activities. But it's a very vulnerable uh, um, uh, situation. You know, they don't have a real airport, uh, air force. Uh, they they don't have uh, the modern weaponry that uh, Israel has, and. Uh, they, 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 will be loser if they, they get, you and this is why, you know, they are t- trying to be um, in it and out of it. For example, they voted uh, for the uh, recent UN resolution about the two state uh, solution for Palestine, which means an implicit recognition of Israel. Whereas um, Ayatollah Khamenei and Khomeini has always talked of wiping Israel off the map. And creating a Palestine. But now, implicitly, they have accepted what Iran had accepted in 1948, which means a de facto uh, recognition of Israel's existence. And at the same time, the uh, demonstrations that they organized in Tehran in support of Hamas were much smaller than the demonstration you saw in Cairo, in Baghdad, in I don't know, anywhere else. You know, it was very, very limited. Because anti-Israelism does not have uh, a big audience in Iran, and the regime knows it. So um, today in his speech, uh, Ayatollah Khamenei tried to um, turn the attention to the Islamic Republic's fight against America. He was constantly attacking America, the great Satan and so on, who has been harming Iran since the 1950s with the coup against Mossad and so on. You know, the, the usual narrative. And surprisingly, very little about Israel. You know, so uh, the, it's, my feeling is that he wants to appear that he's involved, but at the same time not to get involved. Okay. Then who else could get who else could get involved in a bigger war? You know, the uh, Persian Gulf Arab states are not interested. Turkey is not interested because Erdogan uh, wants to have his uh, butter, uh, bread buttered on both sides. Uh, he's an opportunist. There, there is nobody you know, really who wants a big war. Russia itself is bogged back, uh, back down in uh, the Ukraine.
0: Uh, it's not easy. I was talking with a a guest a few episodes ago about Iran's role, and I was told that the the mullahs in Iran are quite happy to see Arabs die for their cause against Israel rather than put their own people in there. Do you think that rings true?
1: Yes, you know, because uh, uh, Hamas is a, a Sunni Muslim group, belongs to the Islamic Brotherhood. And Iran is a Shiite country. So if Shiites and Jews die, of course, uh, Mr. Khamenei, as uh, the self-declared leader of Shiites, would be very happy. And at the same time, uh, uh, you know, from a strategic point of view, if if Israel did not exist in the Middle East, all the negative energies of Arabism and Pan-Sunnism and Pan-Arabism would be against Iran. Because we are uh, Shiites, we are uh, heretics, uh, we are Persians, they call us with, you know, Ajam, which means barbarian, and things like that. And Israel has been uh, absorbing these negative uh, feelings of Arabs for uh, ever since its uh, existence. At the same time, uh, Iran has no, uh, uh, none of the classical disputes that nation states have. With each other, with Israel, no border uh, problems, you know, no uh, bad history, no competition over markets, no competition over access to uh, uh, natural resources, you know, none of these things. There is absolutely uh, no reason why uh, Iran and Israel as two nations uh, could be enemies. And both sides, both the Israeli leadership, I've talked to many of them over the years. And the Iranian leadership, including those right now, uh, right now uh, they understand that. So, you know, the best position for uh, Mr. Khamenei is to say that, to tell the Arabs, forget that I am Shiite, you know, I'm fighting your fight against uh, the Israel and the Jews at the same time. But, uh, and in the end, be, be only an observer. The same thing happened in Syria. Uh, Iran is involved in Syria, the Islamic Republic is in Syria, but who is fighting there? Afghan mercenaries, Lebanese mercenaries, Pakistani mercenaries, Syrian mercenaries, not Iranians, because Iranians don't want to go and um, uh, fight for uh, uh, a Muslim uh, Sunni despot like uh, Bashar al-Assad.
0: And I think that a lot of people will find that a great insight is that the, the hatred of, of another part of Islam is as 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 deep as the hatred of, of the Jewish st- state. So Isra- Israel has been criticized heavily across the world for, for killing civilians during its attempt to wipe out Hamas. What do you say to that?
1: Well, what I say to that is that uh, those who... Uh, uh, Say these things, for example, the Human Rights Watch or Amnesty International or Max Planck uh, Institute yesterday. um, They should know that uh, there are international laws concerning wars, you know, and crimes against humanity. But there is a procedure. If you have an evidence, you know, you cannot be a prosecutor, judge and jury at the same time. Give your evidence to the International Criminal Court, which has already started an investigation in 2021, long before this thing. And this goes there. And if they find there is a case, you know, there is a procedure, they do it. Otherwise, you know, we could say anything, you know, I, uh, you and I, uh, Simon, could create an institute. I don't know for proper observation of wars and declare anything. And this is really very bad. You know, this would, uh, undermine the authority of law. Uh, There there is a procedure. Israel is a member of the United Nations uh, and and must uh, conform with uh, the international law. And don't forget that as far as war crimes are concerned, so far the only uh, countries that have uh, observed the laws of war and have had their citizens tried for uh, war crimes are Israel, the United States, Holland, and the United Kingdom, and nobody else. So, you know, uh, uh, in, uh, there is the procedure, uh, it was done uh, against uh, Serbian uh, military uh, figures uh, in West Africa, against uh, Liberian, against Sierra Leone, and so on. Uh, for the time being, how how do I know who committed the human rights crime or not? You know,
0: it's 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 a it's a very important question. with With that, oh. it's also known that urban warfare is particularly brutal. It's a very hard place to wage war. Do you think it is even possible for Israel to conduct that urban war and that battle against Hamas without? Killing civilians.
1: Well, you know, there is absolutely no war without uh, killing with, uh, civilians. War, the collateral. You know, all all war, uh, all wars uh, since war has started uh, include civilians. But you know, the question is whether it is deliberate or not. You know, if you read the uh, Geneva Conventions, uh, it is it's quite clear. Of course, if you go and. Uh, Attack uh, purely civilian targets, uh, it's a crime, a war crime. But, you know, if you uh, attack a military target or a civilian place which has been turned into a military target, for example, hiding your uh, weapons and your fighters in a hospital or in a mosque or in a kindergarten, you know, then who is responsible? The one who is the hiding or the one who is, who is attacking? These are the things that have to be investigated. Uh, uh, Another problem here is that uh, the Geneva Conventions and the international uh, human uh, laws um, do not cover terrorism because the UN has not agreed on a definition of terrorism. They have had many, many uh, sessions and debates and so on. But because uh, one man's terrorism is another man's freedom fighter. So... Do the uh, uh, laws of war and Geneva Convention and especially Article 4 also apply to terrorists or not? This is a moot point. You know, we we don't know. So, you know, it is uh, easy to jump to conclusions and make judgments, but uh, the reality is more complicated.
0: Now, Benjamin Netanyahu has said that this war could take a very long time. One thing I know about wars is the longer they take, the less support there is for them as soldiers' bodies come home and, and parents grieve quite, na- quite naturally. But the, 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 the sort of the support for it will likely d- dwindle over over time. How, how do you think Israelis will react to that if this goes on for a very long time? I really don't
1: know, but, you know, the problem that Israel faces now is that the status quo that was created uh, from 2005 when they um, evacuated uh, Gaza until 7 October when Hamas attacked uh, has ended. So, you know, uh, Netanyahu or whoever is in charge of uh, Israel should think of an alternative status quo. They haven't thought of that. This is a very big and complex uh, uh, question. Because Israel, if they, they go and occupy Gaza again, they would be in the same position as before 2005, which was unstable and it was a danger for um, Israel. If they go to the, the previous status quo, which was shattered by by Hamas, it means that uh, they imagine that uh, Gaza is a glasses for, for, for Israel. Whereas, Security belt for Israel, which was wrong. You know, we, we know that it was wrong. It was rather a base for attack on Israel. So what are you going to do with, uh, you know, they, they say, if you uh, break it, you own it. You know, okay. You have Gaza, you had Gaza before it didn't work. You then you left Gaza. It didn't work. And now you get Gaza back again. What is it? What, what are you going to do?
0: Other than defeating Hamas, do we know anything about what Israel's plans are for a post-Hamas world or a post-Hamas Israel? What what have they made public about that?
1: Well, precisely, you know, we, we we don't know anything. I've been trying to uh, find out, but uh, the response is that, oh, no, 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 we are not busy. You know, the, we have one aim at the moment, that is to destroy Hamas. Okay, that. Uh, I I think that will not take long, you know, it's not going to be a long war. But, you know, war is not just uh, firing bullets and fighting in battlefield. War is a situation, you know, and Israel has been in a war situation since its very inception. You know, it it has been um, punctuated by little periods of uh, uh, lukewarm peace, but uh, Israel has always been at war. But the problem is that uh, this is the first time in history that uh, one side wins the wars but is prevented from cashing uh, its chips, you know, as in a casino uh, by international opinion, by the United Nations, by the United States. So Israel could again win this war uh, in, in the classical sense of the term, in the Aristotelian sense of the term, or even in the Terms that St. Augustine, the uh, United Nations, the United States, the European Union, the Arab League, and so on, will come and prevent it uh, from doing that. Otherwise, you know, uh, the victory in 1967, had they allowed Israel to uh, cash its chips, uh, would have ended the whole whole problem. We have had uh, many other wars uh, that have ended with the victory of one side and the defeat of another side. This is the only uh, occasion uh, which the victor has been prevented from using his victory, regardless of who is just or unjust. Because, you know, in a war, you have two sides. You have one winner and one loser. Here, in the case of Israel, the loser is put on the same level and equivalence with the winner. It doesn't work. It means um, an abuse of war. And if, if you fight the war, you have to fight the war.
0: Indeed you do. So America and Austria were urged to give passports to non-national hostages held by Hamas, and they both refused to to do that. And we've also got politicians in the UK saying, no, Britain shouldn't take refugees from G- Gaza. What's your view on that? There seems to be a, a lot of precedent for issuing passports to people who who need refuge. And we saw that with Raoul Wallenberg in Hungary. We saw that with a Japanese diplomat elsewhere during the, the war with the, the Second World War. What are your thoughts on this? What should happen?
1: Well, it, it depends on uh, what, what the countries concerned do. You know, they have they full sovereignty and they can decide uh, their own policies. Nobody can... Uh, denied them from that, but from a humanitarian point of view, of course I, I prefer uh, people who are in dire uh, situations to be helped given uh, shelter and so on, uh, but uh, right now for, as we are talking uh, Simon, uh, Pakistan is expelling 1.6 million Afghan refugees back to Afghanistan to Taliban, and nobody says anything we are not even talking about the you and I, although I, I I just mentioned it, uh, and nobody is offering uh, passports or shelter uh, to them. So why uh, the the uh, Palestinians a special race, a special breed? You know, do we owe them something special? I don't think so. You
0: know, well, uh, I was thinking. I was thinking more about the the the, the Jewish hostages in being held by Hamas in 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 gaza right now well, i mean obviously we don't know exactly how how many are, are left living but it's certainly something that 90 years ago people were focused on massively about should we rescue jews from the nazis or not and it seems to be repeating in that way
1: well they should be of course uh, uh, rescued but you know they they can uh, have israeli passports if you know they, if they get out of gaza They can go to Israel. You know, during the second world war, for example, Iran negotiated with Hitler that uh, Iranian uh, Jews are Iranians first and not Jews. And therefore, you know, they should be protected. And then, um, uh, if you, uh, you you might know that uh, Iran admitted 150,000 refugees from uh, Poland. And uh, other parts of Eastern Europe, many, many, many Jews who came through the Soviet Union by giving them shelter um, uh, in in the 1940s during the Second World War. Um, uh, That is quite uh, clear. But will Hamas uh, allow the Jewish hostages to go? Or uh, this is the whole point. And so let's not divert attention. Start by blaming uh, America or blaming. You know this is. Uh, the diversion, the, 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 we, we must f- uh, focus on who is holding these hostages. Release them. You know, really, uh, let them go into Egypt uh, in a camp, and then uh, while they are in the camp, we decide where to go. But uh, don't keep uh, hostages as, uh, um, I don't know, a bargaining chips for uh, future negotiations with Israel. Uh, th- this is a trick that is always used, you know, um, instead of blaming the person directly responsible for a tragedy, go and blame America or uh, Austria or
0: whoever. You live in Paris, and we've seen reports of acts of anti-Semitism, including, including spray-painted uh, Jewish stars on, on walls. What are you seeing there? Because sometimes we don't get the whole picture when you when you see reports in the media. Well, um,
1: this morning, uh, the man in charge of uh, fighting anti-Semitism and racism and things like that, who is a government official, announced that since October 7, um, you have had 846 anti-Semitic acts and over 200 people have been arrested for that. But the important thing he said that it's not, um, it was not related to directly to um, 7 October, the trend towards increase in anti-Semitism had started before. Before this, it only is speeding up. Um, The worst thing that has happened is that the uh, leader of the uh, left coalition, Mr. Mélenchon, uh, in uh, uh, France, in Paris, uh, has refused to uh, uh, describe Hamas uh, as a terrorist group, and uh, says that, you know, Hamas and Israel should be uh, treated on an equal basis, which is, you know, this equivalence uh, itself is uh, a form of anti-Semitism.
0: Indeed, it would seem to be that way. Thank you very much, Amir Tahari, author, writer, chairman of the Gatestone Institute in Europe, and a commentator on the Middle East and terrorism. Thank you very much for being here. I'm Simon Constable, this is Constable Constable Financial, and that's it.